Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Uh, to tell you a little bit about our special guest today and our special host, Angie Park, who's going to be co-hosting with us today, I just kind of wanted to share a story first. So it was around October, November, uh, Angie and myself, we were over at Barnes & Noble at the Grove and we were looking around, uh, perusing different tables to see what different books were out there. One book just definitely stuck out and called to Angie, and it was called, What Do You Do With an Idea? It was a children's book, and when you look at the packaging and how everything was set up, it just had this uh, aura to it that just kind of drew you in. Angie and I kind of read through that book on the spot, and I've never seen her face light up with so much excitement before. Like, she was completely inspired. She read one of the most amazing books of her life, and I was there too, and I I was like, wow, this book is really good. Wow, that really did happen, and that's how it was um, narrated. And when you see the illustrations in it too, you're just kind of blown away by how much thought really went into that book to make such a profound idea coming come across in such a short message. Now, this book kind of ended up becoming a number one New York Times bestselling book, and then it followed up with a multiple series of more books, and there's one that's going to be releasing soon. The author of these books, uh, his name's Kobe Yamada, and when Angie saw that book, she's like, wow, I want an autographed copy of this. And I was like, how in the world am I ever going to get an autographed copy of this book? Luckily, um, I started some communications with Kobe, and he was generous enough to not just send a singular book, but he signed three separate books all in the series and brought them for Angie. And I was able to get her probably one of the best Christmas gifts of her life. So that, that's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, uh I asked when Kobe would have time to uh, actually hop onto this radio show, and it's completely serendipitous that it falls within the date of Angie and our anniversary. So Angie has the opportunity to actually speak with um, Kobe on our actual anniversary, which is kind of cool. But um, I, I've probably been talking too much about me and too much about Angie. Uh, Kobe, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself? Well, thank you, Leonard and, and Angie. It's a it's a pleasure being on your on your show. Um, <clears throat> as you as you said, I'm Kobe Yamada. I, I live up in Seattle with uh, with my family, and uh, I I get the, the the privilege of being uh, the president and CEO of a company called Compendium. And um, I think that the best way to describe that, though we're a gift and publishing company, is that uh, everything we do has has to do with inspiration and. It makes going to work a, a pleasure, and I, I just, uh, you know, I, I thank my lucky stars every day. I get to work with such talented people and get to do work that I have a passion for and, uh, and I love so much. So um, I'm happy to be here today. That's so awesome to hear, and I know that Angie has perused your website, looked up all about you, loves the uh, thoughts about inspiration, and I'm sure Angie has a question that she would like to start with. Yeah, so um, I 
and an avid children's book reader. You know, even as an adult, I feel as though um, children's book, um, even as an adult, can, you know, speak volumes. And they have um, stories in there that really touch your heart and are relatable and applicable, um, even as you're older. Um, so I want to know, how did you start writing? Well, uh, I've done I've done a, a few gift books uh, in the in the adult space, um, but uh, what do you do with an idea is my is my first uh, children's book. So, um, and uh, and I think that you know more than uh, wanting to be a writer, I think that for me it it really is about inspiration and. Uh, writing is a great uh, vehicle for that. Uh, it's a great way to uh, share words, share feelings. Um, and uh, but uh, to be truly honest, uh, if it wasn't writing and it was something else that could touch, move, and inspire people, I would be very interested in that. It just happens to be that uh, uh, we do a lot with uh, with paper products and the written word, and um, found it to be a, a really fun and effective. Uh, medium for, for communicating. But, um, I, I, so I, I think in a lot of ways I, I stumbled into it as opposed to something that I wanted to do when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your books, um, are now translated in so many different languages, right? Yes. I think 20 something languages, uh, at this point, um, and so we've been very fortunate. I think that that's, that's one of the things that um, I think I'm, I'm most proud of is uh, when, you, when you do something like what do you do with an idea, you're, what you're really trying to communicate is the, is the value and the importance of creativity and ideas. And to have the book translated in different languages means it's touching different audiences. And I had the pleasure of uh, going back to uh, Philadelphia a couple uh, months ago because there's a dance performance based on the book that's getting ready to do, uh, for a national tour. So I got to see it showcase there at uh, the IPay showcase. And uh, they're doing a symphony based on the book uh, in London this summer at the, the London Symphony Orchestra is performing. And they're also uh, a different uh, group is working on an animated film based on the book. So it's truly a, um, a, uh, a perfect um, example of how ideas build on ideas. It's amazing, and, you know, um, I was fortunate enough to get gifted the trilogy, you know, What You Do Matters, uh, and that has What Do You Do With an Idea, What Do You Do With a Chance, and What Do You Do With a Problem. So out of these, I know you started off with What Do You Do With an Idea, but how did that even come to fruition? Well, the the idea book... um really kind of wrote itself one day for me. I, to be perfectly honest, um, <clears throat> I was watching our own uh, creative teams uh, talking about new concepts, and I, and I thought to myself, wow, we could, be, we could be kinder, we could be gentler with, uh, with new ideas. And, um, you know, ideas are they're very fragile at the beginning, and uh, you're not sure if they're good or not. And, uh, and they really can be, can be damaged by feedback and, and, and reaction, like, even something as simple as an exhale or an eye roll, and mm-hmm. and so uh, that 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 was the thought I had in in mind when I uh, went to bed that night, and I woke up in the morning and uh, and started writing the book. Um, 
and and really wrote the book uh, in its entirety that morning. Um, but of course, you know, you work with, uh, in editorial and stuff, and so it's about a year long project to, to do the book. But uh, uh, the the inspiration for it and the and the concept was pretty wholly formed um, uh, that morning when I sat down to write it. Amazing. And um, the others just kind of came naturally also? <laughs> no, actually not at all. Um, <laughs> I, I, never, I, never, I, never had an, I never had a thought, to be perfectly honest, of doing anything that would follow what you do with an idea, uh, certainly not within a similar voice. And I had a birthday, mm-hmm. like I, I feel kind of very honored to be talking with the two of you on your anniversary, but uh, I, I had a birthday and one of the writers in our company, uh, we, we kind of have a tradition there that we get a birthday card and it's signed by everybody in the company. And um, one of the writers wrote, what do you do with a birthday? And I had a had a, an epiphany because it knocked me over with a feather and I thought, oh my gosh, I could, I could write a different book like this. And, uh, and l- literally that next day I started working on what do you do with a problem? And uh, I, I really... In, enjoyed doing that because it's, you know, facing problems or failures or uh, fears are things that, you know, most of the time we don't like to talk about. And it, it was really fun to uh, bring that to that format where, um, to try to simplify it and bring that, bring that metaphor to life. Mm-hmm. And um, have you, I know th- these books are for children, but have you gotten feedback um from adults saying, you know, this book has also really resonated with me, as I have been telling you. <laughs> well, I, and I love hearing your story. And, and yes, uh, I, I think that, well, you know, I, in, in many ways I experienced the similar uh, journey that the book does itself, which I didn't know if I had a good concept. I didn't know if it would be a successful book. I didn't know if it was any good or not. Um, and the main concern I had was that I didn't write a book just for kids. Um, I wrote a book for people of all ages. Um, I don't think we ever stop um, wondering and imagining and being in a lot of ways uh, uh, an older child inside ourselves. And um, at least I hope not. You know, there's, there's wonderful things, wonderful qualities that children have that uh, adults don't want to forget about. And so um, I, I, I didn't know if I had something that was too sophisticated for a children's audience or... Um, uh, adults would never find the message inside of a children's picture book, but um, much to my delight and amazement, uh, the world discovered it, and um, it's it's been doing all kinds of neat things since. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, um, one thing that I've seen is um, within these books, you dedicate um, these books for Shale and Everett? Yes, those are my kids. The very kids. And how old are they? Yeah. Uh, my daughter, Shale, is 14, and my son, uh, Ever, is 12. Okay. Okay. And um, are you thinking about um, possibly creating a fourth book? So I, 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 I uh, ended, the, ended the series with um, What Do You Do With a Chance? And... Um, we ended up creating what you do matters uh, the the box set of the three which which you have um, and I 
really thought that it's time for me to um, step in some new uh, directions. And um, uh, so I do have a new picture book coming out in August, but it's not part of that series. And it's uh, I'm working with a new illustrator and uh, trying something new with it, which is uh, I'm sure the 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 market would say that's crazy. You should keep doing the thing that's that's doing so well. Um, but at the same time, I think uh, as a creative person, you want to be fresh and you want to have work that you feel is uh, has value. And um, so uh, I'm I'm going to explore something new. And the, the new book uh, uh, coming out in August is called Maybe. Maybe, okay. Uh, can you tell us a little bit of what it's about? Sure. Um, maybe is a is a uh, is a wondering. It's uh, it's it's really a, a love letter to the the potential we have inside each of us. Um, so it's it 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 it, it in in a lot of ways um, questions and wonders about what you might accomplish in your life. Oh, that sounds so great. I'm going to have to definitely check it out. I'll get you a copy. We, we, have to, we, have to, we have to stick with the tradition of making sure you have uh, a copy of, uh, of our books. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would just be amazing. Uh, you know, because I recently moved um, to L.A. from New York, and I had my own collection of children's books, and um, I couldn't bring them all over here. So um, when I saw, you know, your book, What Do You Do With an Idea?, I was just floored, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this this belongs in like as a part of my collection. Like, I had to have it. <laughs> Well, I, I am I, I am tremendously honored that it it uh, it got to be part of that. Um, uh, I think it, it holds a special place in my heart when with adults that have a have a love for for picture books and and they're usually pretty discerning. So it's uh, it's nice to be included among the mix. <laughs> Do you have any other um, children's books that you like to read, or do you ever go back to them? Well, uh, you know that there there are books that have certainly been influential to me. I I, I love the Lorax. I love the way that uh, uh, Dr. Seuss looked at things like conservation and, uh, and sustainability and protecting our our natural resources um, through a venue that uh, could reach kids at a young age and maybe even before a time that people were really uh, focused on that. It's so tremendously important today. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, like you, um, uh, picture books can be quite wise. And I uh, have always drawn inspiration from, uh, you know, the use of that art form. So, um, mm-hmm. but that would, that would be probably the one that would uh, stand out the most to me. Uh-huh. I see. Yeah, the also, one that uh, I um, we're, we're at about time for a commercial break, so uh, we'll be moving over to a commercial break shortly, and then we'll be returning soon. Uh, Kobe, if anyone wants to find you online, where could they find you? What's the best place for them to go? Uh, compendiums, uh, uh, well, I, on Instagram, I'm at uh, uh, Live the Good Stuff, um, is my uh, personal and, uh, I guess, professional 
uh, account. So that's, uh, that's the only social media that I do. Um, and then uh, our website is, is Live Inspired. And that's live-inspired.com. Perfect. And you can find Andy at Caveman Syndrome on any social media platform. You can probably find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Tuesday at noon Pacific time at 3 p.m. Eastern time for The Forbes Factor. We get It will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, back with Angie Park and Kobe Yamada. We've been discussing many things from the journey of how, what you do with an idea, what you do with a problem, and what you do with a chance have evolved. Also, we've touched the base a little bit on Kobe's next book that's coming out, maybe, and the baseline behind that. Uh, one of the things that I really wanted to bring up is I was watching Angie when she first discovered your website, Kobe. Uh, she just looked down the compendium page and just looked at every single employee who worked there. And she was just so amazed that every single person had their childhood photos up there. Like She was like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. It's so cute. Everyone's got their baby photos up. And I looked at her and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And when I really think about life, like, I really think that childhood is the essence of who we are. Like we were free, we could do whatever we want, we were brave, we had inspiration. But as we got older, what ended up happening is all the eye rolls that we've seen, all the grunts, all the, oh, I don't know if that ideal would work, I don't know about this, I don't know about that. The discouragement or the comparisons that we got with other people, all this kind of weighed down onto who we are. And then we've got to a point where a a lot of us kind of lost focus and we're kind of on this path where we're like lost and we're like looking for inspiration or we're trying to reclaim who we are as a child. And I believe that childhood is uh, reclaiming that childhood essence is really one of the driving motivators that helps people really get inspired and drive them in ways towards success. Uh, what are kind of your opinions on this? 
Well, I, I do think that um, uh, life sometimes gets uh, cumulative, uh, it feels, you know, and sometimes those, mm-hmm. uh, those setbacks and those, uh, those punches to the gut that we take to our confidence or um, uh, the failures we have, sometimes they add up on us. Um, and they can, uh, they can have us living a life that is in a smaller and smaller box um, because it feels like maybe that's a safe place. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's not easy. I think all of us have to challenge ourselves to keep, uh, to keep growing and, and becoming. Um, I think it's a little bit, uh, uh, it's a little bit romantic and nostalgic to think that we were um, brave and perfect humans when we were little and we're, and we're not that now. Um, you know, we still are everything we were when we were young uh, and, and even more. Uh, we have to figure out where we put our focus. Do we put our focus on our on our insecurities? Uh, you know, I had a therapist tell me one time um, that we all, uh, you know, we walk into a room, scan the room for our insecurities, and that made so much sense to me. That we just look for things that uh, that would create doubt in our minds, and uh, and where we might be imposters, or where we where we. Uh, uh, might be, um, you know, n- not as good as everyone else. Of course, we don't think that of other people. We just think that of ourselves. And um, and so it just kind of shows that uh, uh, we're tough on ourselves. And so that internal critic is uh, is probably the biggest difference between kids and adults is the internal critic is, uh, is a louder voice when we're adults. But, uh, you know, I, I say at Compendium, and, and we've talked about it many times, that... Uh, because we work with things that are inspiring, that we're in the reminder business. Um, I don't think we're teaching anybody anything uh, that's uh, uh, groundbreaking. What we're doing is we're reminding them of some of the, the better qualities, the better parts of life that, um, that touch us, that move us. And um, those are the things that we have to be reminded of because, you know, uh, unfortunately the world uh, finds the horrible and the uh, atrocious News such so newsworthy that uh, we we kind of get drowned in it, and it feels like um, you know uh, that life is a is a is a struggle and a and a grind. And if you really think about it, it's it's so beautiful, so amazing to just be alive, and uh, how we're able to uh, actually absorb and appreciate that um, is a huge factor for the quality of life. Yeah, you can definitely see that. And sometimes, like, I see the most amazing person in my life, my wife, like, she's having an amazing time, she's smiling, she's out there being absolutely wonderful. Then at other times, I see her kind of doubting herself, feeling down and out, and I just, I I love what you say about how inspiration is really a reminder. And at times, I really want to just remind, like, Angie, like, how much of an inspiration she really is and how amazing of a person she is. And I, I think at times, like, maybe my reminders might not be enough, and at times we need to really figure out how to internalize our own reminders. Have you figured out a way to uh, remind yourself to inspire yourself? <laughs> uh, no, I think it's something we all struggle with from time to time. Um, I know that uh, when I feel stuck or feel down, um, I... I, 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 one of the, one of the ways that, uh, I sort of go to recharge is to get out in nature. Um, I think that's a, a, a wonderful place to, oh, feel small and big at the same time. You know, uh, the scale's so different. Um, you realize that, uh, there's things going to be here well after you're gone and we're here well before you're here. Um, 
I also think music and uh, seeing a movie or reading a book, um, something that uh, just shifts your, your pattern or your paradigm um, is, are, are good, good ways to um, remind yourself and to, to re-engage with things that you care about and things that you love. And, uh, you, know, you know, what you focus on increases. And so uh, where, do you, where do you put your, your head? Where do you put your heart, you know, when you're, when you're in those places, what, good or bad, um, is it's good to start to build those tools that, um, so you can do some things more on purpose instead of just by accident. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially when uh, there's so many different things that could be coming up. I know the other day, um, it was Tuesday, I just sat there and I just wrote down like all the bad things that were going off in my life and I just felt absolutely miserable. Then I texted a friend and he's like, you're, there's something wrong with your list. You're missing all the good things that happen too. Make two columns. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, that's a, that's a great insight. Um, yeah. And. Uh, because you know, truly, the the because you listed them, that do not mean that they're more important in your life. It's just where your focus is. Yeah, that's absolutely true, and I can see that. Angie, uh, how how do you feel about that concept? Um, you know, I think I think that's great. You know, to recenter yourself, like going out to nature and. Um, getting your mind off of things and listening to music. Um, those are great things, you know, and sometimes, like, when I get stuck, it's so even hard to get myself out to even do those things. Uh, how, do, how do you get yourself out to actually do those things when you're in kind of like a rut and you just, you know, want to veg out at home? <laughs> well, I think that... Uh you know, there's there's beautiful things with vegging out at home. Sometimes that might be, you know, your your body telling you you need a break. Um, you're tired, uh, so sometimes it's good to just get some rest and to take that break. Uh, but, you know, I, I chose to work in the field that I do because um, because I'm selfish, and uh, and we all are. And and in the way that I mean that is. I want to be reminded, I want to be immersed and marinated in things that are going to help re-engage me with possibilities and with um, beauty and the things that uh, are easily forgotten in a daily, hectic, um, routine-based life. And so when you're, when you're constantly reminded by the work you do of adventure or uh, of uh, romance or of taking chances, um, living a life more fully then those are the kind of things that you want to um, uh, be reminded of. And so, uh, selfishly, I, I want to work on those things because, I, one, I believe in them, and I think that uh, uh, they're important work to put out in the world. But the other aspect, uh, just from a, a self-serving standpoint, is, uh, is they, they do re-engage and remind me of uh, just how lucky I am to you know, be here on this on this planet for this little time I have. Wow. Wow. Uh, I think Angie's left with that word. <laughs> She's like, wow, this is so profound. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's amazing that uh, you can say something so profound that I can just really get to Angie like that. And I bet there's a lot of listeners who are feeling that exact same way right now with the kind of inspiration that you shared. And I think that's a wonderful idea. Maybe one thing that us, we could even do is put up constant reminders around the home 
all the beauty and um, inspirations that come into life. Maybe we could buy another copy of your book and tear it apart and put these pages all over the walls. Maybe that could be another thing. I know tearing books is probably not the best thing to do, but having that inspiration everywhere could be quite insightful and having those visual displays everywhere. What do you think, Angie? Do you think that sounds cool? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, I got a question for you. Are you hiring? For <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we we are so so incredibly uh, lucky up here that um, I I know that I'm on your 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 show, but really, uh, it, it it could be me or anybody else at Compendium. To be perfectly honest. Uh, uh, I, I guess I get to, uh, be the spokesperson at times, but, uh, I, I humbly know the amount of talent that sits, uh, with me at the company and how much they care deeply about the work that we're doing and that they're willing to give their time. I mean, I mean, I personally, as the CEO of the company know that everybody is a volunteer at, at compendium, you know, yes, they get a paycheck, but they're, awfully good and they could be any at any company doing uh, wonderful work anywhere so we feel very privileged that they're there and uh, and that goes to, to you too Angie it's uh, it's it's uh, we're, we're very honored that you would think that that's a, a place you'd want to spend time yes and you know um, one other thing is that um, um, in in your meet our team section like this is this is this just those volumes about you because um, you know you have people listed there and when I look for you the CEO you're not you're not on the top you know you are you are in the like in the midst of it and it says you know Kobe Yamada CEO and I think that speaks volumes for um, what kind of a humble person you are. Well, I, I to be perfectly honest, though, uh, it depends on the task who the talent is. Uh, it's not always me, and many times it's not. Um, there are uh, people that should be leading, and there are people that should be serving in different roles, and, and that includes myself. There are many times where I should absolutely just be serving the talents of the people that are there, and uh, and there are some times where I should step up and lead. And so it just it really depends on um, the 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 situation. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't ever feel that, uh, one person is the most valuable inside of a company. Um, and I know that's not, that's the case at, at compendium. Um, it just, it depends on what work we're doing, but, uh, I heard that advice a long time ago to hire people smarter than yourself. And, uh, I, I try to do that, uh, each time. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm a lot of times not even involved in the hiring process because I have people that are better at that, better at that evaluation process than I am. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that the, the more we can check our egos at the door and try to do great work as a, and collaborate with one another is a much healthier environment than talking about who's boss or, or what the competition is today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, where do you see your um, company going in the next um, five years? What can we expect from it? Well, I think that... Uh, we are we are fully in love with the work that we're doing, uh, and and we're excited about um, 
the possibilities and where that can take us. So certainly we want to uh, play more in the children's space, um, but we want to play in the children's space in the way that uh, we think could be meaningful. Um, we are just getting ready to introduce a new greeting card line called Love Muchly that is just fantastic. Um, we kind of we kind of looked at the market and said, gosh, there's so many beautiful cards out there. What can we add to it? And what we really thought was, um, we need to, you know, we need to add a, a new editorial voice. We need to add a new way that people can talk to each other through this medium. And we've had a really fun time doing that. Um, so uh, those are a couple things on the horizon. But um, you know, uh, I think for us, it's uh, it's never never ending possibilities. And uh, truly, you know, Leonard, you were talking about um, tearing a book apart and putting it up on the walls. Uh, that sounds like a great idea to me. Uh, we're not we're not uh, precious about our products that way. We want to we want it to meet where people are. I did a book called She years ago, and I and uh, uh, a girls' school um, took the statements out of the book and put it all over their school on banners. And um, I think that was one of the coolest moments for me to see these statements about. Uh, uh, significance and esteem and, and possibility um, all through a feminine lens uh, up all over a girl's school. And uh, so so the medium means less to me than the message. And so as, if uh, if we can be in, in the uh, business where um, messages are, you know, floating around in the air or up on people's walls or things like that in addition to books, then uh, we're all for it. Well, that's definitely something that uh, Angie and I are going to have to do, put your pages up, so that is going to be spread around our home, so there will be a presence, <laughs> which is going to be pretty fun. Uh, one of the things that Angie kind of mentioned is with like your servant-driven leadership type style where you're giving other people opportunities to lead. Uh, this isn't something that you really see in a lot of big, large companies of like 5,000 people, 10,000 people, or the Fortune 500s that have been like sticking around for like hundreds of years. And I really feel the same way as you. I'm not the best suited person to be a CEO of a company. I'm not the best suited person to do a lot of things, but hand me a piece of paper and maybe I could write something. That's probably where my skill set rests and that's probably as far as it goes. And I, I kind of really understand that and I see that myself. But a lot of people, when they're working at a large organization, uh, they just feel that there's so many decision makers. People are kind of living in these different areas and it's kind of difficult to really go out there and kind of be you and get inspired and do things like that. Uh, do you have any advice for people who work at other types of organizations that probably aren't structured like yours to really go out there and embrace their inspiration and their creative side? Yeah, you know, the environment can be tough. Uh, uh, it can uh, sometimes feel like that dictates behavior. Um, you know, certainly I'm a huge believer that uh, a corporation's culture is their is their greatest asset, and so if what you're describing is a culture that um, doesn't value that that the whole person, um, but maybe just a skill set or someone feels more like a number, um, that is a that is a tough environment. Um, but you know, I I'm a, I'm a firm believer in uh, we're only here for a little while, and you got to do work uh, in 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 a way that uh, it's meaningful to you. And sometimes that, that can sound scarier. Sometimes that can sound making sound like making a change. And uh, if that's what's if that's what's necessary, then that's what's necessary. You know, you're going to look back in your life when you're an old person in the rocking chair, and you're 
not going to be saying, gosh, I wish I could have had one more day at that company that, uh, that treated me like a number. It's, it's just not going to happen. And, uh, That's true. and so, you know, I think that, uh, if you want more, uh, significance, you want more purpose and meaning in your life, you have to be part of creating that. And so uh, that doesn't mean you have to leave your job. You can create that uh, in, the, in the culture that's there and start building that inside your company. Um, but, uh, but sometimes it does mean you have to make a change. Yeah, and that definitely makes sense, especially in this type of environment where there's just so much, um, so many uh, layers of companies structured throughout the test of time where it's just how things have been all the time. And I think a lot of companies, the newer ones at least, are recognizing how important culture is and they're kind of implementing different things into how things work operationally to really improve the work environment. But then there's also a ton of companies that haven't made that decision to move forward yet. So there could be a home at a different type of company that might be a little bit more forward-thinking. We're at the point for another commercial break. Uh, Where could everyone find you again online, Kobe? Uh, My Instagram is uh, livethegoodstuff, and uh, our website is live-inspired.com. And you can find Angie at Caveman Syndrome, and you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel do you believe that being fit is difficult do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym it doesn't tune into have it all with devin alexander devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here with Angie Park and Kobe Yamada. We've discussed a lot of amazing things over the course of this episode, all the way from the books that Kobe's been working on to the prod- <laughs> products uh, that he's coming out with, especially that new uh, greening card. If you're looking for one, that's got to be an amazing thing to pick up. And all the way to kind of uh, working in, a, in an environment of inspiration and what to do if uh, you're in one that's lacking the creativity that you seek. One of the things that I was really curious about is how Kobe kind of got to where he is today. Like, uh, 
we all come from different backgrounds. We're, we're raised in different areas. We have different family values. We experience different things in life. I, I kind of wanted to really see what Kobe's story is like that kind of got him here. Um, Kobe, do you mind sharing that story with us? Like how uh, from like kind of the beginning or almost the beginning to kind of today? Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm one of <clears throat> four boys. So we, we have... Uh, I have three brothers, and we're all within five years. So um, my mom was uh, very busy with little kids. Um, so we kind of uh, had our own soccer team. I, uh, that's actually how I <laughs> paid for school was a soccer scholarship. Um, but, uh, you know, we didn't have much much means. Um, uh, certainly weren't uh, uh, terribly poor, but at the same time, uh, uh, we were just getting by as a family. And... Um, I think that 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 shapes you know a kid on how he how he or she thinks about uh, their future in the world. And so, I was a very entrepreneurial kid growing up. I had um, ten plus paper routes and uh, mowed lawns and had side jobs and in addition to sports. And I realized I really loved work and I really loved mm. business a lot. And it was very exciting to me. It was just sort of an arena where you could be creative and you could work hard and you could turn something, you can turn nothing into something. And so uh, that always stuck with me. And honestly, it started to inform uh, my desire to be at a company like Compendium, um, because I guess I was probably 10 or 12 years old when I started to um, kind of study human potential and, and inspiration. And I, I think I just needed it, to be perfectly honest. I needed, uh, I needed mm. the thing that was going to dust off everyday life and going to uh, help me focus on things that were that that felt more aspirational more dreamlike and so I've listened to tapes I uh, would find quotes I'd do different things on my own and I didn't know that uh, eventually it would turn into uh, a career um, but uh, back then it was just something that I, I loved to do and I met Dan Zadra who is the founder of Compendium um, when I was in college and uh, I came across a product of his, and we talked on the phone, and I was fully expecting to go to Japan to um, work in a career uh, overseas, and I see this uh, this little company that's, uh, at the time, all they made was these little pop-open cards that have the inspirational quotes inside, and I contacted him, and we ended up... Uh, uh, having a, a nice conversation and I, I decided that I would forego a, a successful career path for one that was uh, uh, maybe didn't look as good at the time, but to me it looked great because it was a dare to be great situation. It was something where um, I thought, uh, you know, when you love what you do, you don't, you don't really work in the same way as uh, as a job. And I think that's been true for me that I've enjoyed the work to the point where uh you know, my daughter says to me that I don't go to the office, I go to the playground. And uh, and I think that's really true. Yeah, that's kind of awesome, especially since you were able to go through so much to get to where you are. And it's kind of inspiring that um, 
one of the things that you did was look at all the inspirational material and it kind of shaped you into sharing your own inspirations. I, I think that my journey is a little bit similar where I was down and out a lot. I probably have depression. I just haven't got it diagnosed by anyone. And um, it's just uh, been tough. And I sp- feel like I spent a lot of those years in between like 17 to 21 just reading as much inspirational material as possible just so that I could motivate myself to like keep moving forward and keep going and not just like just stay stagnant and it might not be in the same form of the inspiration that I kind of received at the time but um, by being open and vulnerable a lot of people have said that I've helped inspire them by sharing some of a lot of the things that have gone wrong in my life which is I guess counterintuitive but hey it's kind of cool how that works. I think it is. Um, you know, I think when you were talking about, you know, reading books and doing things, I think we're just looking for roadmaps and we're looking for compasses and uh, trying to find our way is, is really all that that means. And whatever form that is, uh, is the form that it needs to be. And so, um, absolutely. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, uh, it'd be a very um, misguided picture to think that compendium is just a success story or, or I am. Uh, we had, we had years of, heartbreak. We had years of what, you know, most people would consider to be failure. And, uh, you know, our company was very close to bankruptcy. When I, when I joined the company, it was deeply in debt. I didn't realize it at the time, but it didn't dissuade me from, uh, wanting to be there. It just made me fight harder and try harder, you know, to make sure that we could right the ship, but it took years to do that. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's funny. We even talk about that in our company. We have older employees that have been with the company a long time and new employees and it's, it's hard for the new ones to fathom that there was a time when, uh, you know, we were, we were bringing home half a paycheck and, uh, if, if that, and trying to, uh, you know, keep the doors open. But those are, those are really wonderful things to have happen in your life and you'd never want to experience them on purpose, right? You never, you never choose that. But because <laughs> adversity is part of life, it's, you know, great lessons. So I think today, I carry those lessons forward from, you know, those adverse times and those failures. And, you know, we'll have more adversity. We'll have more failures. At least I hope so. Uh, otherwise, we, we stop pushing anything that's meaningful or purposeful. Um, and we have to be okay with that. Um, we have to make failure our friends. Yeah, and I think one of the things that many people don't really think about much is because so many stories of successes just cover, like, the highlights and everything, that a lot of people forget that it really does take a lot of struggle and heartache and pain and, like, trying extremely hard or overexerting yourself at times and putting a lot of hope into certain things that may not pan out to kind of really make something actually work. And it's not something that just magically happens overnight. It really does take a lot out of us to really make it happen. So whenever people kind of encounter like a tough situation, Kind of like, um, I guess, me and Angie, like Angie recently decided to leave her job and that took a hit on her household income. So uh, it's like a temporary step back that needs a lot of effort for a short amount of time. But then once that short amount of time's over with that lot of effort, everything goes back on track. And it's kind of hard to kind of like convey that these this is how things work to really flip things around to get out of situations. And I think being enlightened to, like, the behind the scenes of how other companies work is kind of what could inspire others to go out there and try by knowing that 
hey, um, it's possible to really be successful even after going through all this struggle. And that struggle is kind of a temporary thing. And looking back on it, it's something to be proud to have um, accomplished and achieved, but it's just hard to live in that moment. Yeah, you know, I think companies and people were all just a work in progress. And so uh, we're going to make mistakes. And uh, we have to have an environment that's safe to make mistakes. And we have to have uh, uh, both for ourselves and our own mind space as well as the in the organizations that we work in. Um, and, you know, no one gets to be perfect, right? Uh, nobody is perfect, you know. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is, uh, if that's if that's the case, which it absolutely is true, there's no perfection inside of a human being on this planet. Then we could be less judgmental. We could be less uh, harsh. Uh, we could be less critical of each other and ourselves. And that 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 creates a space that um, allows people to take chances and to and to try new things and to uh, pursue something that might be truly great. Um, but it, you know, I don't think greatness comes out of a, out of a comfort zone or something that's a very safe space. It's one where you're hanging over the edge a little more, you're out on the limb and, uh, and you're pursuing something that you care about, but, uh, it, it doesn't look like the safest choice. I know when I came to compendium, uh, 20 some years ago, it was the opposite of the safest choice. Uh, I, you know, I give my parents credit that they, they had enough faith in me that uh, I, I remember having that conversation with them. I said, look, I, I can always make money. I, I, I know how to do that. I, I'm, I'm a hard worker, uh, but I think I might love this, right? And, uh, yeah, it looks like a lot less pay than the other opportunity, and it looks like uh, maybe I'm making a mistake or I'm taking a step backward, but, uh, but I don't feel that way. I feel like I'm taking a step in a way that feels more authentic to me. And so... Uh, they supported me in that. And uh, I think that, you know, those are some of the things that are uh, overarching stories, I think, that um, help help write the, the book on ourselves. And, um, I mean, my life is much different if I'm an executive uh, at some company instead of uh, an architect of something that uh, we're trying to do to make a positive difference in the world. Yeah, and I think another thing that's really amazing about the world is, yeah, there's going to be a lot of risk that, with anything that happens, but with how the internet has come out, came out and the world has gone a lot flatter, kind of opened up the opportunity for anyone to really make a career out of anything. Like you could just fly over to Japan and uh, make videos and get paid to eat. You could go and you could um, groom pets and have a living out of that. There's like so many different new opportunities out there to really go out there and make a career that anyone could really do whatever their creativity imagines. And sure, it might make time to say, make some money from doing it, but uh, there's the possibility to actually do what one loves nowadays more than ever. Well, I think about that with my own kids. You know, I, I hope uh, beyond them having a certain title or a certain uh, uh, status uh, in society that they're happy, you know. Uh, that matters more, that they're fulfilled, that they feel like um, they, they're living a life they're very interested in, they're, they're you know, fully engaged in it. I think that has so much more value than um, just you know, uh, having a title or just um, feeling that um, you're at a certain rung on the ladder. Um, and I think some of those things are generational. Um, 
and like you said, internet, some of the other environments that have been uh, opening up have created more of that entrepreneurial feel, more of that more of freedom of expression. But it's only there, you know, those things only matter if you use them. You know, they only matter if you take advantage of, the, of that freedom. Uh, otherwise, you're not free at all. Yeah, that's very true. And it's so easy to just not be able to go out there and do things just because you don't take the action. I know when I went to go write my first post, I shook and trembled for about 30 minutes before I clicked that publish button because I'm like, I'm letting this out into the world. <laughs> and it was one of the scariest moments of my life. But I mean, you fast forward five, six years. And just yesterday, I found out that the Barnes & Noble page for my book, Ditch the Act, is um, already set up. They just had to put on the cover and everything. And it's like, wow, how'd that ever happen? Who would have ever thought? And it's just crazy just by taking that one step, how things could just roll out. Yeah, it's, it's, it is pretty beautiful. That, uh, but, it, but it does. There, there is a difference between doing something in your mind and, and then putting it out in the world. There is a difference between um, sitting back and judging and thinking about things and, and making yourself vulnerable, taking that step and, and, and taking that action. Um, I think that that it can't be underemphasized how important it is to walk your talk and to you know put some, put some steam behind the thing that you want to have happen. Um, it's it's not going to happen if you um, just sort of want it to, but you're not willing to put anything behind it. Yeah, that's so absolutely true. Especially everything here just takes so much effort to really get up and going. And one of the things that I want to leave any listener of the show here today, uh, since we're about to close out, is that if there's something that you've been thinking of doing and you've been thinking maybe should I, would I, or is this a good idea, why not just give it a shot? I mean, what matters most is what you do with an idea, what you do with a chance, what you do with a problem, and also on top of that, you probably have those thoughts of maybe, which is going to be the next book that Kobe Yamada is coming out with. So make sure to keep that on your radar too. And maybe something great's going to come of it. And I think what we usually do is we come we usually convolute our heads with the maybes of the things that are probably going to go wrong, but we should really think about what could happen, what will happen, and the good things that could really come about from the things that we do. Like me, I never thought I would become an actual author. It's like, wow, I got C's in high school, but it's becoming a reality. And Kobe's over here with the number one New York Times bestselling children's book, and just things have just been absolutely insane. And uh, he's running Compendium, which is a successful company now. And if anyone wants to follow Kobe on his journey, you could always visit Live the Good Stuff on Instagram, or you could um, visit is it live-inspired.com to check out Compendium. Yeah. Is that correct? Perfect. Yeah. And you could always perfect. And you could always find Angie at um, Caveman Syndrome, and you could always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter and stuff. Uh, Make sure to keep an eye out for Ditch the Act. We'll be able to surprising power of the real you for greater success in October. And we'll be seeing you all next week. Thank you. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.